Hey guys, and welcome back to the Pro.Tagonist podcast, where we become pro at being the protagonist of our lives. I'm Hima. I'm Monica. I'm Karina. And this week is a special week because it's going to be our first guest. And um, I'm just going to let her introduce herself. Hi, uh, I'm Rohita. Um, I know the protagonist girls from high school, but I currently go to <laughs> Emerson College, and I'm a film major. Yay! Okay, so we have known Rohita since high school, me since high school, and Mani Sixth since... grade. We go way back. <laughs> so this week, it's about being... Com- uncomfortable, comfortable with being uncomfortable, and we chose Rohita specifically because she actually does not go to college in America. Do you want to explain your college situation? Yeah, so um, I'm a part of the. My program is called the Global BFA in Film Art, and basically what that entails is Emerson recently made a partnership with a school out in Paris called the Paris College of Art, and for the next three years, um, I'm going to be going back and forth between. Boston and Paris so I it's an accelerated program so I graduate in three years and I spend the summer semesters in Boston doing like production classes and everything like that and then I spend fall and spring in Paris um doing it's all like a written curriculum so but it's all film all around and you've gone to school in like America your whole life too right yes so I was born and And raised in the states Mm -hmm. Um, so the first mm-hmm. time I really traveled abroad was for this program. Prior to that, I had only like visited India for, with my family two or three times. Um, but such a shift like that was, yeah, definitely at the age of 18. Okay, I was just going to say that there's like a huge difference between like, you know, visiting a place and like actually like living mm-hmm. there and settling there exactly. and like doing the whole like lifestyle in a different place abroad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like Rohita. I moved to Kuwait when I was 13, but I was with my family, so how was it adjusting to a new country, like, all by yourself? The adjustment was crazy, and honestly, it was very fast. So I had graduated high school around the end of June, and then my program started July 1st. So I had eight days to go from, like, just my life in Edison all the way up into Boston and then which would have led to uh moving out to Paris and just that adjustment was also crazy because now I was I had to think like a college kid I had to be on a campus and attend classes and do projects and like focus on exams all while applying for my visa and thinking of the logistics of being out in Paris and even when I got to Paris this is actually a really funny story so our the French visa process is a lot anyone that's watching this and you're applying for student visas just please like read through every website possible or ask as many questions as possible because it's so convoluted and I had done the process wrong um like a couple like me and a couple of friends have um messed up on it and then I had to change my appointment to submit my passport information late so I was cutting it really close to getting my visa back in time for our group flight and it was the weekend before the group flight and pretty much the last weekend of classes and everything and I didn't hear anything back yet and um I just assumed I was probably gonna have to miss the flight and then fly out a later time but so I moved everything out my sister had helped me and then I was back in Edison um just like 
doing my own thing, just anticipating I was leaving later. And then the that Monday, so the day before the flight, I got an email saying my passport was ready. And I had emailed my uh, like advisors and everything back in Emerson. And I said, like, is my ticket still valid? Like, I can potentially come back. Like, what, what do you guys think I should do? And they, they said my ticket was still good. I can come back if I wanted to and totally make the group flight. So I was at the time meeting some friends and I raced back uh, home because actually my mom had moved to a new town so on top of me leaving the country I also wasn't going to come back in future visits um packed everything up I texted my roommates that I was coming back and then I came back around 1 a.m uh because I took an Amtrak and then the next day I was in Paris so within 24 hours notice I just ended up in the city (laughs) and after that I the shock was so real like I was just in my apartment so the so the way our program worked our first year they um found this student housing building and all of us had our own rooms so it was just completely me I mean of course like I had my cohort within the floors but everything was up to me. Like I had my own kitchen and bathroom and I just had to maintain everything on my own. So those first few days were definitely tough because I was in the mentality that I was actually staying in the States for a little a little bit longer, but having to hop on a plane and just think, oh, okay, this is when I'm starting my life. Like mm-hmm. that completely, it took me a few days definitely to adjust and to really get used to it. Mm-hmm. How did you pack everything you needed for college and take it internationally? I was so, oh yeah, that was so low maintenance. Like I def, I wouldn't say I underpacked, but I packed the absolute bare minimum. So all I took when I found out I was able to go to Paris were a handful of clothes, all my camera gear, and a couple of like bathroom skincare things that I knew I wasn't going to get out there. Um, and I only had the one check-in bag and, uh, my backpack. I don't even think I carried, I might've had a carry-on. I I believe I did. So yeah, just those three things. And, um. That's amazing. (laughs) Like kudos to you, Rohita, because uh, my parents, like we took two cars to drive 20 minutes away (laughs) and I was still like, oh my gosh, what if I forgot something at home? Yeah. And like, I just (laughs) rationalized it by it's a metro it's a big city if there's anything that i might have forgotten i can find it somewhere so um yeah things like uh like i got my brita filter out there i got a fan out there i had uh i i went with my friends to ikea eventually i got some pillows and uh bowls and stuff out there even though my apartment that's also the beautiful thing um that my apartment came with it was like fully furnished so i had a bed i had like a bunch of plates and cups and everything so and, and some pots and pans so that regard I didn't have to worry about which took a lot of stress off yeah how did you guys get the main character yo for real that? <laughs> <laughs> on that yeah, note she's though, doing the most on that note though since our podcast is themed around you know main character side character do you would you consider yourself a side character a main character do you think this made you consider yourself a main character like going abroad I think, yeah, so that's actually really why I love your guys' podcast, because it's, it's, it's such a great thank concept, you, and it is, you. like, important. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I seriously, like, I was telling Monica this before, I was so in love, and I read, I've read, like, every single post, and, like, I was just, the message is so 
necessary, especially now, and especially for women too. Like, I feel like a lot of times we just are too complacent about certain things. Um, so I, I definitely did think of myself as a side character for a very long time. I had um, a couple toxic friendships in high school and just like my own mentality was very poor about um, like myself, my self-image. Um, like I felt like I wasn't doing enough or I was just very down on myself about a ton of different things. And going to Paris, what like so there's no one from my college or from New Jersey in my program or in my vicinity when I enter college. And that really forces you to think, what am I bringing to the table? What are my personality traits? What are the things that are so unique to me that I present to myself making these new friends? Because, you know, we got comfortable in high school. Like we've known for, for most of us, like we've known these people for a couple years, like on end. And we just, we didn't have to like, start fresh making friends in that sense so when be yeah definitely being in Paris and trying to um build on those friendships that I had in the summer and also with the new kids that go to just the Paris school I definitely started feeling more like a main character um mm -hmm. but at the same time I felt like I was also feeding off everyone else's energy so it was just kind of like a group story. I always joke about it with my friends. We Our cohort definitely needs a reality show because of all the <laughs> stories that have happened. Like, that's totally another episode. Um, mm -hmm. But, yeah, it was, it was definitely a shift. And I think also another thing that really helped me was going to therapy. Like, I've always been an advocate for therapy. I just an advocate for mental health in general. But I personally didn't have access to certain resources when I was growing up. So when I got to Paris, um, we were going to orientation and we saw um, this one slide that had resources. They actually did have counselors off um, campus that you could go to as many sessions as you wanted. You know, you organize it with them. So I reached out to one of them um, and her name was Karina. Absolutely love her. She's like the sweetest. Yeah, she is like so amazing. <laughs> Stop, <laughs> like, that's so funny. Yeah. Like, she is so, like, she is just, and she really helped. And I actually thought, I went into it wanting to work out certain things from my past um, and, like, my family dynamic. But I came out of it actually learning to be more present in the moment and learning that, you know, though the number one thing she taught me was, like, ask yourself the following questions. Like, are you safe? You know, like, like are you... Like, do you still still have a grasp on school? Do you still have a grasp on your food? Do you still have a um? Are you still able to be in touch with your family or people you want to from abroad? And if you can answer yes to these questions, you know that should be one less thing for you to worry about, and that should be one less thing for you to like. That should be one less thing that causes anxiety in you, because you ha like I'm finally in this place that's not survival mode either. I feel like as side characters, we kind of um are always thinking about like others or the next thing around us or trying to keep everything in order and we're not necessarily staying present in the moment and letting our true selves shine through yeah i definitely love what you said about like <clears throat> living for yourself and living like in your present because like personally for me i feel like i've totally just it's just so hard to live in the present like everyone tells you to do so but like as college kids or like 
even like someone with like same like bad family history quote-unquote like it's like I'm always I feel like I'm living also in the past but I'm also living always in the future because I'm always thinking like okay what am I supposed to be doing next you know what I mean so I feel like yeah. that's just so beneficial just you know living in the present is so important I don't know <laughs> I am also a mental health advocate, so I love everything you just brought up, and I think that therapy is something that's often overlooked because it's it could be either really hard to reach out or you don't want to be like seen as quote-unquote weak, but I think nowadays more people are becoming... Um, I guess like like slowly easing into it because it's like such a great resource and a lot of schools have free like therapy sessions even our school Rutgers has has one I mean it's not the best but I mean the fact that we have one and that people are trying to take advantage of it and like trying to better themselves like I don't think you like it's often under the assumption that like you go to therapy if there's like something quote-unquote wrong but also you can go to therapy to further uh, to further yourself, yeah. you know, to better yourself and to learn more about the way you think. Because what I learned is that we all think so differently and side characters, main characters, like, you know, like side characters tend to be people pleasers like me. But, you know, like there's a way to change it and there's a way to change like the way you view the people around you as well as the the way that you view yourself. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like they're it also really helped me just gain that respect for myself and realizing like if the people in your life wanted to they would so i really like the number one thing i got from my college friends was these are people that genuinely care about me and genuinely enjoy my time and they also go out of their way to be like let's hang out or let's do this or um let's study together like those kind of things and you know you kind of don't have a proper gauge of that when you're younger because these are just the people that are uh within your vicinity and like these are just the people you're supposed to hang out with and you feel like you can't really break away and that's another thing I really appreciated about going to college outside of Jersey uh just so I could also challenge myself so I wouldn't fall comf- I wouldn't fall victim to like similar habits that I kept back in high school and back in middle school I um I know, like, you were, like, talking about, like, you were really thankful that you, like, went abroad, and obviously it sounds like you had a lot of, like, growth and that positive experience. Was there ever a time, like, you were, like, you, like, saw, like, Snap stories or Insta stories of, like, people back at home, and you were, like, oh, like, I wish, or maybe, like, one day where it was, like, kind of hard, you yeah, know, like, where you like, like oh, I wish I went to, like, I don't know, like, Rutgers, or I wish... <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I definitely... Do you wish you ever went to Rutgers? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would definitely, I think I felt, uh, like the FOMO more actually in the summer, um, because everyone was actually just like, just living their summer lives. Like they were just hanging out, um, like slowly going into the transition of college. Whereas I was more forced into it, um, just by the course of the program. Um, and then in terms of homesickness, I definitely was missing out with family, like my, um, oldest cousin like they recently had a baby so then before in the fall semester when I was out in Paris they did like the baby shower and other things like that like small little family events or holidays that I would miss out on um but I think and I I wanted to 
keep in touch as much as I could and like but then I would see like older group chats and things and they'd be talking about something and I would be completely lost so that's when I started feeling that disconnect I was like oh I don't I don't go to their school anymore I don't know what their day-to-day life looks like I don't know why this particular professor is bad or why um this particular place you shouldn't go past like midnight or um why this place even has the best food like I was experiencing a completely different thing and then when I would try I noticed when I would try to share my experiences um it just it not that they weren't supportive but it was almost as if like I was just telling them a story like I was just telling them like a movie plot or something so they would just be more passive in terms of receiving it so once I started... They would be... Would they be... Sorry, would they be sympathetic <laughs> instead of empathetic towards you? Yeah, pretty much. Like, they would just, like, agree because I guess, uh, like, a lot of people haven't had the like, same experiences, so it's kind of hard for them to put themselves in your shoes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, and, like, it would, it would be really weird, especially because Paris is so glamorized. Out of, like, every city I could have gone, I ended up in Paris, and, like, there are casual stories where like there's this one uh, really big library that I had to go to for class and it's it is right by the Eiffel Tower so like but to me that just became normal because I'm living in that city and I had to like walk through there but when I had to tell people back home about it they were like you can't just casually mention that you see the Eiffel Tower every day and I'm like <laughs> but I can though it's not an everyday thing but it's there <laughs> like <laughs> So once I, um, and then that also actually was an interesting indicator to the quality of friends. Um, I know you guys have talked about that previously. Like when I started seeing, when I would tell my friends these stories and I noticed the ones that would be very involved, like they'd be like, no, tell me more. Like what else is happening? Or, oh, like, um, what about this person and this person? I haven't heard about them. Like they just want to take more of an active part in my life. That also like helped close the gap that I felt between home and uh, school. So I, de- I definitely think having that support system. Oh no. no. I was going to say like, I feel like that's also like how, you know, like at the, in our previous episode where we're talking about, it's like sometimes like there's some people you cannot like talk to for like months or like weeks or something like that. And like when you meet again, it's like you just Absolutely. pick up where yeah. you left off. There, yeah. There's like totally those people. And then there's also people like, I haven't talked to since graduation and I most likely won't talk to them after graduation, which is totally okay, by the way. Like, you, like it is very unrealistic to think that you're going to keep the same circle or same dynamics you had from high school into college, no matter where, which college you go to. It doesn't matter if it's Rutgers or out of state or anything. Yeah, just as, as you grow and learn more, as you, as you get older you continue to grow so you continue to learn more about yourself and with that comes new friendships and meeting new people like outside of your comfort zone who you probably would not have vibed with yeah as your past self yeah so it's like really good that like you can clearly see that between like continents you know yeah um on and in like kind of circling to the title of the podcast like being comfortable with being uncomfortable, I am the only South Asian female in my cohort. Um, so I'm just the only brown girl, basically. And um, I that itself pr- uh, provided a barrier because I grew up in a town 
where it is all South Asian or, you know, majority South Asian. So that's just the culture and that's just like people get me instantly. There's like a very like underlying understanding that a lot of us had amongst each other. And being in the cohort where, um, like, I'll admit it, it's majority white. Like, it was very hard to... Um, I, I, I would catch myself, like, explaining things. And not that the, it was wrong. Like, they were super sweet, always asked questions genuinely. Um, but I realized, I'm like, oh, like, duh, it's not second nature to everyone. So that also helped me in my just experiences trying to, like, balance between side character and main character because there i realized like those things i was explaining were a part of my identity like i would tell them like why it was important for me to try to find a temple in paris so that i could be more in touch with my spiritual side um explaining to them why cooking my mom's recipes made made was very important to me um since i would uh, tell them that like she was a chef in indian food since i don't know much telugu like having a connection to the food is just as important for me um and those kind of things. And at first I was a little bit uncomfortable because not because they would judge, but because I felt like I wasn't a good representation of it. I'm like, oh man, like if I and people heard me explaining these things, they'd call me out so bad. But because I'm here and like I'm the only um, Daisy girl, like it kind of makes it was okay. So again, like I found myself being hard on myself for these things, even though like your own experiences, you're, it's very unique to you. So that's more that's what we should put an emphasis on like you don't have to have this thought in your head like you're not um being accurate you're not being relatable it's like no everything you've went through is so valid and that is perfectly okay to express to others and to and that's how they'll know more about you and that's Dude, how you can I learn love about that them as so well. much because like I feel like I've had the same sort of like cultural like like disconnect first just like you said like everyone around like looks like me has a similar you know background and like yeah i've talked to like human creative about this before but it's kind of like you know sometimes like i wish like i was had an experience like outside of this town because everyone here like even in college like everyone here like kind of thinks the same way you know we had very similar experiences and just like you know being around like a totally different setting like I that's just it helps you shape as like who you are as a person as you said and honestly I need that so maybe I'll go to Paris after this but like... honestly honestly <laughs> I know they I know they have that trope of like oh the study abroad kid comes back and that's all they can talk about but genuinely if you guys have the chance go abroad for a semester it is like such a good break like i'm not gonna say like the obvious things like yeah of course you could take weekend trips or you can like see the tourist whatever that's fine but like genuinely do it for yourself do it to challenge yourself to go outside of your comfort zone and honestly like after some time like you will adjust and you'll find people that are in the same boat as you just trying to figure it out like you and you will come out of it so much better like i am very much an advocate for that rohita why did you decide to major in film like how did you go about that so i was it was yeah i grew up um 
went in a pretty big family and my siblings ended up just doing business um one was uh <laughs> more like communications like Hima, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of my cousins did finance and then my sister did like marketing and um mis like management information systems and me i just assumed yeah. yeah like i just assumed i would do something along those lines or in the very when i was like really little i was same, ambitious and same. i wanted to be a doctor and then um <laughs> like, are you bad if you at least don't go through one one doctor uh, phase, doctor phase one kind of sect like <laughs> i was a pediatrician leave in the comments what you guys thought you would turn out to be um i um and then i watched suits and i really wanted to be a lawyer for some reason um and then eventually i stumbled upon film when i would watch a lot of uh asian youtubers and they would talk about representation and to me i was a little bit confused because i grew up i grew up in a town like i was very blessed to see people that were like me um see people that were like-minded at at like-minded in that sense in that term of like cultural identity um and i was blessed where my family was involved in a lot of telugu functions so i still had a connection to culture in that realm too um but they made a good point when you look at mainstream media there is no one that looks like us and there's no one that's doing our stories justice and i started to think okay well the people i follow were um more we're majority east asian what about the south asian representation what about pakistani people bangladeshi people indian people um nepalese to like every like the whole the whole diaspora basically um why aren't we seeing that because i i always followed this mantra that everyone has a story and when i would meet people i would always try my best to learn that story and learn what makes them them and there are brown cheerleader peep type people or musicians or um the stems like creatives all around the board there are people that are doing a multitude of things so the fact that hollywood or mainstream america can't catch on to that was just mind-boggling to me so the more and then alongside that whole journey i used to be very whitewashed as well like elementary school to like middle school i was very much just trying to fit in almost and not really um almost yeah basically push away my culture which i feel like is a very common narrative with immigrant children um so alongside realizing that it also made me want to be better like if so then i thought okay if i want to change the narrative and go into the field to change that i also need to be practicing what i preach so i need to be more in touch with my culture and things like that and i'm not perfect of course it's always still a like a long process but that that in itself that realization of representation is definitely what made me want to go into film um and slowly in high school i would try to pick up things with the film club um and try to do little events here and there get that picked up uh and that's honestly what my college applications all looked like just trying to preach representation and trying this and it wasn't even just about being brown it was also about like those immigrant parents that came here with nothing and literally started their whole life um with just whatever they had in their pockets and then raising their own children and then wanting them to be just as successful and give them just a multitude of opportunities i honestly take a lot of inspiration from my mom because 
when I was her, when she was my age, she was already in America and trying to figure it out on her own. So I took that and I thought, okay, if she can be in a foreign country and not know too much of the language and figure it out, I can go to Paris and figure it out myself. That is amazing, bro. Like, (laughs) I can't even, like, begin to explain, like, but... I, that's just simply amazing. Like, I'm, like, at a loss for work. Thank you, thank you. But, dude, I, like, absolutely love that. And, you know, the way that you have this this mantra that everyone has a story. And, like, you know, you being, like, such a, quote-unquote, like, minority and, like, pursuing film is just... It's so inspirational because, like we said before, be, like, you know, people that look like us, they're typically in STEM. You know, like, like, it's just so amazing to see that like not only that you're pursuing your passion and like this whole message for your life that you're doing that now and then taking it abroad like one step further I think that's just so honorable yeah thank you thank you that means a lot yeah I definitely hope um I, I like people ask me all the time because in so in film classes they're always going to ask like what sector are you going to go into are you going to be a producer are you going to be a director like an editor like what is it? And then I always just step in and I say, oh, my reasoning is a little bit different. It's, of course, I, I adore the art of film. It is such an amazing medium and like, it's so broad too. You could do so many different things and incorporate so many different types of careers within it as well. Um, but first and foremost, since I still haven't figured out if I want to go into screenwriting or producing or directing specifically, I just... All I want is whatever projects I work on in the future to be uplifting. It doesn't have to be just for they see people. It can be for any minority, people that need a voice. Like, as long as that is the core message of whatever project we're trying to create, then I'm totally on board. When do you graduate? I graduate in August of 2022. So, two 22, years from now. Okay. So <laughs> I'll be waiting for a film then. I will. We'll be waiting. We're going to stream it. Okay, like Yeah. Like, no, totally. I'll come back. Of, like, do no, you I'll have like a portfolio, or, like, any, like collection of work or anything like that you've been working on? I have a few videos that I've done in high school. I haven't edited them together in a portfolio per se. Um, I in the work I've done in college, I'm not too keen on sharing at the moment. It was just mostly like projects here and there. But there is one particular script that I am pretty proud of. Um, that I wrote back in this this past spring semester, and it revolved around my nephew and just family dynamics. Um, kind of in this lens of like, what, you know, uh, I don't know if many people have seen it, but in Hasan Minhaj's Homecoming King, um, he says like immigrants love secrets. So, like, it's kind of a revol- it's kind of revolving around that, like what family drama and keeping secrets can do to a particular family. Um, that I'm definitely proud of. I definitely want to keep writing. Um, I took a I took that screenwriting course and then a different one in the summer. Um, so yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> like long winded answer. I don't have anything professional to just like hand to people, but I do have small little bits of. But like the best thing about like, cause like I mean like obviously in the art program as well, but like the best thing about like whatever projects or midterms or finals that we have is like. My teachers, they're always like, yeah, you're handing it in for, like, a critique. You're handing it in for a grade right now. But, like, these are, there's never going to be an end to, like, your work. Like, you can still be continuing to work on the same project even after you get a grade for it. 
And, like, that's, like, what I think is, like, so awesome about it. And, like, as, you know, society progresses, like, your theme can change. There's so many different factors in, like, how your artwork can change. And it's just really interesting. Yeah. I I totally agree. Like, I, um, when I, when I first started with college, I had a very clear-cut image. Like, I thought, okay, I'm just going to do this whole abroad thing and then take whatever work I have, you know, create it into a portfolio, build on it. And then I always saw myself relocating to New York. Like that was just top priority. I'm going to go to New York no matter what. Um, And then being abroad and actually finally getting a global perspective on things completely shifted that. Like, and it made me realize like the, the minority American experience is so different than like a minority European experience. And we just value different things and approach problems at um, different ways. And that also has um, influenced my work and made me think about those kind of relations. And the, yeah, it honestly just like opens it up. So I feel like as artists, like it is, or just, just everyone, like being able to um, challenge your way of thinking, even if you don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with it and it's not morally conflicting, it's, if you just if you just open that realm and see how other people think, like Karina mentioned earlier, we all think so differently. Um, that can only benefit you, honestly. What's your favorite Paris memory? Dude, Ooh, I just remember oh, like so whenever many. you would post on Instagram, I was like, um, oh my god, Rohita is thriving right now, and here I am trying to wake up <laughs> at eight a.m. on the different side of campus with like no makeup on. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, we would always we would be together, right? And then like Poonam and Mani and me would be like, oh my god, did thriving, you see the like, 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 <laughs> You guys are so sweet. Thank you. Like I, it honestly was the first time in a while I felt confident enough to even post on Instagram. Like I felt like back in high school, it was like, oh, it had to be this particular day, or it had to like it has to edit be edited a certain way. But then I would see my. I think like the first picture I posted was actually not even in Paris. I think I was in Rome for a friend's, like we organized a birthday trip for her. Um, I was l- I was literally standing in front of the Colosseum and I had never been more in awe, like in my life, like seeing something that you read about in textbooks for years on end, just physically in person, physically took my breath away. Sorry, that's a little sidetrack, but um, it's interesting you bring up the Instagram because as as glamorous as it looked on my Instagram and like on my stories, and I definitely did have an amazing time out there. Um, there were many days where I was definitely un- like uncomfortable. There was many days where I was doubting myself. There were many days where I was stressed with school or I missed my I missed home and my friends way too much. Or and that um, that's why Karina hates. I was focusing media. on the wrong things. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, like, <laughs> I see it. It's, I'm, unfortunately, need to incorporate it into my career later on, so I'm, like, I have to, pl- I call it, like, I just have to play the game, um, but I, it, there's so many pros and cons about it, honestly, um, but I definitely think it, but on the, on the flip side, I guess, as well, the more positive side, it gave me the chance to express, like, oh, I am better now, like, I have put in the work for myself, and this is just me displaying that, um, as so, you should. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so going back to your question, Karina, about my favorite favorite Paris memory, I think um, as 
there's so I think there's two one that was around friends and that was like a very social thing and then one more for myself the one with friends was my really good friend Sammy she wanted to celebrate her birthday so we um after class a bunch of us just gathered we got a bunch of snacks and then we walked towards the Seine and we just like had wine and cheese and like all that wait, stuff wait, wait, and then the, eventually one of us had a speaker and we were just oh I just ate <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when next planes to Paris? <laughs> so if you guys need a place to, to stay, um, I got you all. Yeah. Wait, so you guys just like go out to like bars and stuff like that, right? Yeah, you know, I got, I get in with my, oh, my license isn't on me, but I get in with like my vertical uh, New Jersey Goals. license and no one Goals. says anything. He's <laughs> <laughs> like exchange programs to europe <laughs> flight tickets um, from ewr to paris um and we were yeah we were just like put on a bunch of music like we were just jamming out um and just singing at the top of our lungs obviously looking like obnoxious americans but that pure honestly that was a very main character moment to be completely fair um just a very like coming together everything felt like perfect in that moment um, and then more of a personal favorite memory was in my transition to Paris, I was, I had a lot of self-doubt and I was very scared and, um, I was alone in a foreign country. Like as I, even though I had people I met in Boston, I only had known them for a couple weeks on end. So there was no one really there the same way I had people back in the States. So we had this media production project and, um, it was, I forgot the exact concept, but it kind of challenged me to go to a different location and like just film somewhere. So while I was looking up temples, just for my personal benefit, uh, I actually noticed the Grand Mosque of Paris. And I like read up a little bit on it and how the garden was actually particularly well known. So I go in and um, they're super welcoming. Like they uh, let me, um, it took me a while cause I obviously, I didn't want to enter into like the wrong side. Um, so I go in and then I found like the main location. I asked where the garden was um, and I got to go in and it was the most serene experience I had felt. And it was the first moment of, or first like wave of peace I had felt um, because there's like all this running water everywhere and it's all mosaic tile everywhere. Um, and the, like it, it smelled like roses because they had just had a bunch of flowers everywhere as well. And after I was done filming, I just sat, I just found myself sitting and just observing. And I thought like, I could do it. Like in that moment, I realized like, I can keep pushing. There is like, there is a place for me here. Um, and that's why I hold, like, I'm not even a practicing Muslim. Like I, but I have so much respect and admiration for um, the culture and religion that like, I, I owe everything to it. Cause it really, in, in like one of, my most uncomfortable moments out there it re-centered me that's amazing i love that for you like honestly your whole like journey and story is just completely amazing and i know that like i know that you're stuck in um jersey now but i hope also also sorry just like one last thing i just want to say that like it's also really amazing that not only like did you like move to a foreign country, but you also did you're also like transitioning into a college experience at the same time. So it's like two big transitions, like college and 
whole other like country you know like that's just amazing to me but yeah Kima go on <laughs> and the fact that you did it alone mm-hmm. Miss Independent like yeah. that's amazing thank you thank you yes but um yeah as I was saying before money interrupts me like every episode <laughs> um I think that it's completely amazing and we are definitely gonna look forward to your future projects thank and you as like a last last closing thing is there in the, in one sentence could you do you want to like is there something you want to tell the viewers or just people in general life advice or to somebody huh? <laughs> or you don't have to say anything. To our listeners. um one thing to wrap it up um no pressure um <laughs> go to europe because you're 18 and you get drunk. <laughs> literally honestly just screw everything i said go to europe get drunk okay <laughs> like Definitely, um, it is okay to be by yourself. And it is okay to trust yourself. It is okay to be your biggest fan. Um, and because at the end of the day, that is what you have. Like, you are your own person. As much as you have a beautiful support system, you have to show up for yourself first. So, whether that's challenging yourself or just tomorrow you wake up and you want to be more proactive. Um, just remember to put yourself first and, um, it is totally okay to want all of those things just because you want them. (laughs) Thank you. Anyway, guys, that's Rafita's message to you all. And I hope you enjoyed this episode about being comfortable with being uncomfortable. And we hope that you challenge yourselves to do better and we also I know I myself got inspired to like you know go out there do do things I'm not comfortable with but that's it for this week's episode you can follow us on instagram at pro.tagonist um we're also on spotify apple music (laughs) anchor okay money (laughs) um anchor and um if you want to guest and share your story like Rohita, you should definitely fill out the link also, in our Instagram um, Rohita, bio. Also, Rohita, do you want to like and plug your any, socials yeah. while, while we're here? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm only really on Instagram. It's just at rohita.g. Um, and, oh, yes, of course. Um, R-O-H. <laughs> it's at R-O-H-I-T-A dot G. Um, and the most you'll probably see from my Instagram is just some stories here and there. Uh, I'm going to definitely try to cook a little bit more, so hopefully (laughs) I can post that real soon. Um, but yeah. Okay, I guess that's it for this week's episode. Yeah, thank you, Rohita, for Thank you, thank you so much for having me, guys. (laughs) And thank you, everyone, for listening. Speakers, yay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Bye.